Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter eight, and um, you know Romans. Uh, I, I keep thinking, well, you know, maybe we'll do a verse by verse study on Romans on Wednesday nights. We may be here after the Lord Jesus. He may have to, have, Lord, you have to delay the second coming because we may not get through the book of Romans, you know, in this lifetime. But it, it's just such a good book, amen. It's such a solid foundation of, um, uh, of the doctrine that we need. But uh, in this verse here, this is Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 14, it says, uh, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And one of the things as children of the Most High God that we have the right and the privilege to, to live by is that we can be led by the Spirit of God, that he will lead us and guide us in, uh, into all truth, amen, to show us things to come is what the Lord Jesus said. Uh, but, but we can be led by the Spirit of God. So if we don't know which way to go, uh, we can be sensitive to the leading of his Spirit, right? He will lead us, right? Uh, but uh, it's not like with red lights and uh, and, you know, even in the charismatic world, a lot of times we say, well, I'm led by the Spirit of God. Well, well how are you led? Well, the light turned red, so I knew I had to stop. Uh, or, you know, I applied for the job. I didn't get the job, so the Lord didn't want me to have that job. Or, you know, I went to the bank to get a loan, and they rejected me from the loan, so, so it wasn't the Lord's will that I got the loan. None of that is being led by the Spirit of God. Uh, that's being led by things you can observe in the natural. And, and if you're led, only being led by the things of the natural, you're no different than the rest of the world. Amen. When he said being led by the Spirit of God, he's talking about supernatural revelation in your heart about what the Lord's plan and will is for your life in that moment, right? Not necessarily big things. You're going to conquer the world and go, you know, uh, uh, be a missionary to the depths of Africa somewhere, big things like that. I'm talking about small things, right? Should you do this or should you not do that? Uh, and, and the way we do that is we are led by the Spirit of God. Supernaturally, we have the Bible, uh, and of course, we're not going to we don't have time to go into all of the details about it, but you have an unction or a witness in your heart. Uh, it's, uh, you know, in the world we call it an intuition, sometimes an epiphany, uh, but it's really in your heart, not in your mind, in your thought life, but in your heart, in your spirit, man, you have an unction that I should do this. You know, it's, it's, it's a leading, it's, a, it's an unction, it's, it's a, a witness that you should do something or not do something or say something or not say something or buy something or not buy something. And what you have to do is you have to train yourself to that. So if you're not used to doing that, then if you have an unction to do something, number one, you, you, you judge that unction by the Word of God. Does this violate any principle of the Word of God? So it says, you know, if you have an unction to, you know, uh, slash their tires because they, you know, cut you off. You know, uh, the Lord led me to slash their tires. He didn't lead you to slash your tires. That would violate the Word of God. Amen. And I've had a lot of people say things that the Spirit of God told me to do that. So that's demonstrably untrue because it violates a principle of the Word of God. So if you want to train yourself on how to be led by the Spirit of God, number one is you've got to be willing to judge every thought, every desire, every action against the Word of God. It doesn't violate any principle of the Word of God. And if it is, then, then you didn't hear what you thought you heard. You know, you heard something, but it was probably the pizza from last night or the emotions that you had because of that situation. Uh, and you reject that. And, and you have a desire that I will judge everything by the Word of God and reject it summarily, quickly, uh, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God and refuse to say that it's God. Because, uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians, especially in our circles, right, in the charismatic circles who desire to, to live and operate in the supernatural realm, they will do things and say things and say it's the, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Word of God. It's, it's the Holy Spirit telling them things. I've had people tell me, though, the Spirit of God told me this about you. Like, funny that he would gossip to you about me and not tell me those things, you know. Uh, and, and also, 
what he said is not true. He told me you did this. I wasn't in the country. I had people call me. You know, they called me one time. In, I was in France. Hey, did you do this? I'm in France. I didn't do that. Well, you, you know, you, you probably did it. I'm in France. I did not do that. I could not have done that thing. Well, God told me you did. Well, that's funny that God would tell you that because I've never known him to be wrong. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times we try to use the, the Spirit of God to justify our fleshly actions. And you'll, you'll remain a baby Christian if you do that. Amen. You will remain a Christian because he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, implying that there's a level of maturity that comes along with this. Uh, so it's not the other way around. It's not as many as are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. He said as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So he's implying that as you learn to be led by the Spirit of God, it causes spiritual growth and, and maturity. And so those that are not actually led by the Spirit of God who are faking it are not actually mature Christians right there. Uh, and unfortunately, there's a lot of baby Christians in the, in the world. Amen. But really, if, if you will have an, an, uh, an absolute desire that no matter what I think I hear, I will take it and I will judge it. And if it's a big thing, I'll take it to the people that I know and trust. I'll call Brother Randy. Hey, Brother Randy, I, uh, I was sensing that I need to do this. You're going to need thoughts or, or insight into that. Uh, and, and if he says, well, I wouldn't do that, then I'd go back and say, well, Lord, you know, and I've done that. Lord, why did I think I should do that? And he'd be like, well, because you're full of pride or because, you know, I mean, he, he'll just, if you ask him, he'll tell you. Amen. So, you know, if you don't want to hear, don't ask. Amen. So, but I do ask him. And, and so, uh, but to verse four, eight, uh, Romans 8, 14 is one of the, the most valuable things you can learn as a child of God is how to be led by the Spirit of God. Because what does the Holy Spirit know? Everything. How many times has the Spirit of God been wrong? Never. So you think about that you have the potential to, to never make another mistake in your life. Will you make another mistake? Well, I mean, if, if I was a betting man, I'd put money down on that. But, you know, uh, I don't want you to make a mistake. But if you could, if you could uh, uh, learn how to be led by the Spirit of God uh, on a routine basis, on a regular basis, uh, you can avoid so many uh, difficulties in life, so many pains and agonies in your life. Uh, and the Lord will show you so many things. And I can tell you so many things the Lord's told me over the years to help me and to, to lead me and guide me out of things. But it, it all goes back to... The Spirit of God will lead you if you desire him to lead you. Now, and, you know, a lot of times I'll say, well, the Lord said this to me. And it's not always that he spoke to me in an audible voice. You know, in fact, it's rare that he speaks to me in an audible voice. It's, 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 for the most part, an unction, a witness, a knowing in my heart that I need to do this or say that or go there or do this thing. Uh, and uh, it's one of the most important things for you to develop as a child of God is how to be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, and if you're willing to judge everything by the Word of God, you can, you can learn how to do that. If you if you just want to use the Holy Spirit as an excuse to do whatever you want to do, well, then, you know, you'll remain exactly where you are spiritually. Amen. But it's a it's a wonderful thing. And it's been so valuable. Amen. Uh, and so helpful. So I just want to encourage you about that. It's a wonderful thing. And of course, we teach a lot about being led by the Spirit of God around here. And um, it's an important part of your life. Amen. Well, let's, let's stand, stand and greet each other for just a minute. and We'll get into praise and worship worship you father face to face but father we will not delay our worship until heaven father we will choose to to give you worship here on the earth worship by faith father in heaven they see your glory but we still sense your glory here on the earth and so father we will worship you here we will not 
wait, Father, till all the problems are solved. We will not wait, Father, till we spend time in eternity with you. We will not wait until we are joined, joined in the ranks of heaven. Father, we choose to worship you now. We choose to worship you here, Father. We choose to worship you by faith. Father, you are worthy of all praise, worthy of all honor. You've done great and mighty things, Father. You've done great things for all of humanity, not just for your kingdom, Father, not just for your church, but for all men and women on the earth. Father, you came and died for them. You came and shed blood for them. Father, we worship you. You are worthy to be worshipped. Father, you've done more for humanity in one moment of time, Father, than we could spend the rest of eternity in our lives trying to equal. Father, we thank you. You are worthy of all praise, Father. We choose to worship you, Father. You, if you are worthy, Father, then we will worship you. If you are worthy of praise, Father, then we will praise you. If you are worthy for us to lift up our hands, Father, then we will lift up our hands. Father, you are worthy. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy, Father. We set our hearts and our affections upon you. Father, we declare your goodness in the earth. We declare your kindness in the earth, Father. You desire good things for us, your people. Father, you desire good things for the world, even those who call you as their enemy. Father, you desire good things even for them. You are worthy, Father, the Lamb of God, slain from before the foundation of the world. You are worthy, Father. Father, we choose to worship you here and now. Father, we are so thankful and long for the days where we get to join all of your kingdom, Father, in your presence and worship you then. But Father, we will not delay your worship, Father. You said if we delay our worship, the very rocks, Father, other parts of creation who are not made in the image and likeness of you will rise up and worship you. Father, we will not allow a rock to beat us in worshiping you. We will not allow that which is not even alive, Father, to stand in our place of worship to you. Father, you are worthy for us to worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that even these moments of, of worshiping you, we can receive blessing, healings for our body, deliverance, Father, from oppression. Father, we're so thankful for the ministry of laying on of hands, Father, but there's also a ministry of the Spirit of God. As we step out in faith, he will meet us. And things that are, have been crooked in our lives, the Spirit of God can make straight just by our act of faith and worshiping you. So, Father, we choose to worship you. We thank you, Father. We choose to worship you. Thank you, Father. Even now, Father, bodies are being healed. 
Minds are being renewed. Hearts are being encouraged. Even now, Father, we reach out with our hand of faith and receive that which you desire to give to us. We thank you, Father. We know, Father, that you desire to be good to us. And so it's easy for us to reach out in faith, Father, and receive the, those good things. So, Father, we thank you. We reach out with the hand of faith, Father, and receive the blessings from heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just want to say one more time that you are worthy of all praise, worthy of all adoration, worthy of all worship, Father. You're so worthy, Father. You're so worthy, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you all praise for these things. We thank you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, it, it'd be hard not to worship the Lord in moments like that, wouldn't it? Amen. You know, I was thinking when we were just praying there, you know, sometimes you can say things when you're praying, but sometimes it's, it's best just to <laughs> wait till after the, after the fact. But I was thinking about a rock. You know, if a rock knows that the Lord is worthy to be worshiped, and you don't, where does that put you? You know, the proverbial saying, you're dumber than a rock? You know, that's a lot more meaning now that you think about it, right? <laughs> so, I'm not trying to say you're dumber than a rock. You know, that's for you to decide, right? But, uh, you know, uh, you think about the, you know, we're sitting in this building right now. All those rocks outside the building, they're looking at their, you know, waiting for their chance, right? Maybe they won't worship him. Maybe, maybe they won't know. I'll get, I'll get to jump in there and worship the Lord. They were created by God, weren't they? Uh, you know, how do they do that? I don't know. How's a rock? I mean, it doesn't have any hands, right? Like the old VeggieTales. Remember the VeggieTales? They never had any hands. How they do things, right? Uh, but um, I don't know, you know. Uh, what I do know, we are informed by some of those things that all of creation has the ability to, to know faith. All, the, all of creation has the ability to worship the Lord. He said the rocks will cry out. Well, well they got the little rock mouths. I mean, I don't, you ever seen a rock? Uh, I've never seen any of that stuff, right? I don't, you know, I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to understand it. And, you know, you could get way into, like, you know, uh, uh, rock theory, and, you know, we could get way down the road that we ought not get down, right? Amen. Uh, you start worshiping rocks, you know. Well, if a rock can worship, you know, maybe, I mean, people worship trees, right? They worship nature, and, you know, nature is a created thing, amen? It's made, it's made out of dirt and made out of, out of the, the words of the mouth of God. Uh, it's not worthy to be worshiped, amen? It's, crea it's creation. Nothing in creation is worthy to be worshiped. Now, only the Lord is worthy to be worshipped. And so, um, you know, but when, when people on the earth start elevating a rock, uh, you know, Mother Earth, right? You know, there's no such thing as Mother Earth. There's no such thing as, as Mother Nature, amen? Uh, they'll talk about, the, well, the universe, you know, had to equal things out. There's no, there's no universe trying to make things uh, equal uh, at all. It's all creation, amen? Uh, and um, it's, all, it's all made for the glory of God, Amen? Uh, and so we're thankful for the glory of God. Amen. 
Uh, and uh, there's all kinds of weird ideas and weird thoughts that people get about things. Um, just, it's God, mankind, and everything else. Amen? Uh, and nothing that God has created is worthy to be worshipped. Well, uh, aren't we created? We are created. So that means that no, hum- no human is worthy to be worshipped. And yet, uh, a lot of times, uh, people are, people are worshipped. You ever, uh, I mean, I don't go to them, right? But uh, you go to a rock concert, people, you know, they rush the stage and, ah! it's like, you know, it's just a guitar. It's gonna be dirt before long, amen? And they worship him like he's a guitar god, right? And they, they say things like that, you know? It's like, well, you know, the Lord of, out of heaven gave that person uh, that ability to play that guitar like that, amen? Uh, and, and so uh, it's, uh, sometimes uh, uh, we get into, uh, into philosophy and, and, uh, and idol worship uh, and we don't keep things where they ought to be, amen? Anybody who worships a rock, it, well, it is from an intelligence scale, you know, you gotta be one, one step below that, right? Rock's like, why are you worshiping me? I, I, I wanna worship the Lord uh, and you're worshiping me. You know, why you don't worship me, I'm a rock. Uh, and and um, I know it sounds funny, but uh, haven't people of the world elevated the earth and the creation to being higher than even humanity or even equal to humanity? Well, you know, we're all animals of so the animal kingdom. Well, the, the Lord actually corrects that, that error here in chapter six of Matthew. Let's turn over there, because uh, that's, uh, uh, we may get into that today, we'll see. But um, we were talking last week about our focus. Uh, what, what is our focus on things? Uh, and we had uh, mentioned specifically uh, verse 22 of Matthew chapter 6. He said, the light of the body uh, is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, uh, thy whole body shall be full of light. And that word single there uh, really means singleness of heart. If your singleness of heart is to focus on the Lord, then you're good. Amen? Uh, and, and so uh, he talked about that. So those verses there that we, we went through uh, last week was, was not really talking about, uh, up to verse 24, was not talking about sowing and reaping and giving and, uh, and receiving. Uh, it, it's about what is your focus, amen? There's plenty of other verses that talk about sowing and reaping from a financial standpoint and financial prosperity, but uh, we do know that the Lord desires the church to be prosperous, Amen. amen. Uh, in fact, he said uh, in 3 John verse 2 that, uh, uh, that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. And so he covers everything there, right? Uh, prosperity, health, as your soul prospers. So he wouldn't have said as your soul prospers if he, it was only spiritual prosperity. Uh, and so he covers natural prosperity. Uh, and you think about it, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, how are you going to do that if you're broke? You can't go into all the world to preach the gospel if you don't have any money to go. Well, somebody will give, it, somebody will give me that money. Well, then you're prosperous. Because he said in Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall what? Man given to your bosom. So if they gave it to you, then you're, you're receiving the blessings of heaven. Amen? Uh, and so I, I never have really understood why there's such a strong uh, argument. I mean, I understand just from a spiritual standpoint, but why, uh, the thing I can't understand is why do intelligent human beings think that prosperity is not for the church? Uh, ha- has prosperity been out of balance in the church? Absolutely, 100%. Have, we have gotten way out of balance and, and, and uh, many people from the pulpit have stolen money from people for uh, as long as there's been people, right? There are a lot of charlatans in the pulpit trying to get money out of your pocket. That doesn't change 
the fundamental principle that God needs and desires his people to be prosperous so that we have to give, right? He says, uh, give to those who have need. Well, if you have no money to give, then how are you going to give to those who have need? Amen? You can only give to those who have need if you have something to give to those who have need. I know that's kind of like Captain Obvious statement, but that's lost on a lot of people. Amen? How are you going to, he said that you shall lend to the nations and not borrow. Well, how are you going to lend if you don't have something to lend? Amen? And if you got a dime, I don't have a dime, brother, you know. Well, then how are you going to lend? Amen? How are you going to help your brothers who, and sisters who, who have not learned about faith yet, who need help, need financial assistance, need, uh, well, the church will do that. Well, you know, the church has no money, right? I mean, the money in the church is from you. It's not like people think, well, it's good. we'll get it from the government. Where does the government get it from? The government has no money. Of course, they really don't have any money, right? Uh, they're spending more money than they have. But the, the government has no money. It comes from you. It comes from me. Amen? Uh, people say, oh, you know, I, I'm so thankful I got this free thing from the government. I said, you should thank me. I'm the one who paid for that. I gave them all of my taxes. I paid for that thing. Right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, when the church helps people, and there's nothing wrong with the church as, as an organization helping people, but the, the only way the church can help people is if the people in the church are prosperous. Uh, amen? And, and, you know, I learned this a long time ago that, that my desire is for the Lord to increase all of you all in your prosperity. And in doing so, then the church will increase in its prosperity. Amen? It doesn't do the church any good for me to figure out how to get more money out of your pocket without, without you figuring out how to get more money in your pocket. Amen? If I just take half of your income instead of 10% of your income, well, that doesn't help you. If I'm just taking it, amen, I should be receiving it as, as a ministry. And so... So, uh, but in those areas, the Lord Jesus wasn't talking about sowing rape, and he does talk about that in plenty of other places, just in the Gospels. Uh, but, um, but in this case, he was, what is, your, what is your intent in life? If your number one goal is to be rich, then you are out of, the, out of order. Yeah. Amen. If your number one goal is to, is to worship the Lord and to bless him as, as he sees fit, then he will put an unlimited amount of funds in your life. Amen. Amen? And so get, get in singleness of heart. Singleness of heart is I'm here on behalf of the Lord Jesus in the earth. And all, all that I own, all that I obtain in the earth is available for him to do with as he pleases. Then you will be a very prosperous person. Amen. He will ensure that you are a very prosperous person. Uh, but if you, if you negate uh, his faith by saying, well, the Lord doesn't want uh, us to have things. You know, the more things you have, the more things you have to give to people. Amen. We give a lot of stuff. I mean, you, you saw all the stuff there. A lot of the stuff was good stuff. We could have sold a lot of that stuff, uh, and, but it was a blessing to other people. Amen. Well, we wouldn't have had that stuff to give if the Lord hadn't prospered us to have other stuff that replaced that stuff to give to people who don't have the prosperity to be able to get those things. You know, I told you the one lady who was so thrilled to get a used can of paint. Well, I mean, it wasn't doing me any good. I could have let it sit there till forever. Amen. Uh, but it blessed her. Uh, and so, you know, a can of paint is what, $40 now for a can, gallon of paint. It's like, you know, that's absurd. I had 40, it's a gallon of liquid, amen? Uh, and so, well, how are we going to prosper other people if we can't prosper? Uh, you know, if, well, I got to keep that can of paint because I don't know if I'll be able to afford another one. Well, then she would have never got that can of paint, amen? I know it's just a small thing, but she, she was so thrilled to get that and, and, and uh, glad, glad that she could do it, amen? Uh, and so, uh, maybe one of these days we'll talk about uh, prosperity and, and uh, you know, we never have actually taught about that as, as a message uh, other than just, you know, as an aside of other messages. But, um, uh, 
you know, there, there, there's, so, uh, there, there's so many folks in the church who get upset when you talk about money. I've had people t- talk to me, you know, get mad at me because we talk about money. Uh, and and um, uh, in fact, one fellow said, uh, they told me that as a church, we should never go on a mission trip. I thought, that seemed like a, doesn't seem like an odd thing to say. That you should never go on a mission trip. Didn't Jesus himself go into all the world, but don't go on mission trips? Well, I mean, we should go on all the world on vacation. I mean, I, you know, he said, preach the gospel. So that's kind of the mission trip, Amen. Uh, and I thought, what? so I said, well, 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 why shouldn't we go on mission trips? You know, I know many of you know the answer to the question. Uh, I said, why, why shouldn't we go? He said, because it's too expensive. I, I thought, hey, you know, I mean, we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus someday, and he's going to say, hey, you, I told you to go to so-and-so and preach the gospel, you know, on the other side of the earth. Did you go? Well, Lord, I, I didn't go, Lord. Why not? It, Lord, it was too expensive. Well, what would you do with that money instead? Well, Lord, I, I bought a nice boat. It was a nice boat. It wasn't a big boat, but it was a nice boat yeah, because I couldn't afford to go overseas because, you know, I had to buy a boat. Now, and and he's like, is that right? Is that, I told you to go into all the world, but, but you didn't go because it was too expensive, but you took that same money and you bought a boat or you bought a house or you bought a car or you bought lunch or you bought... You, you know, you couldn't not skip lunch, you know, and, and save that money to go on your trip. You spent that money in other things. Uh, and how do you think that, that conversation is going to go? It's going to be really awkward, right? Uh, and so uh, one revelation the Lord gave me uh, one time uh, is uh, in all the Gospels, who's the only person who's ever complained about money? Our friend Judas, right? You all know the answer because I've said that many times, right? Who's the only one who's ever complained about money in the Gospels? Judas. So I tell people when they complain about the church spending money, you, you sound just like Judas. You're just like Judas, you know. The only one ever complained about, uh, now we should be good stewards. I understand that, amen. But, I mean, we've had people, oh, you shouldn't spend money on, on, um, on things, on fixing up things, amen. Uh, uh, fixing up the church, you know, that's a waste of money. Is the Lord short of money? Is he, like, running out of money? I thought he walked on streets of gold. How important, if he walks on streets of gold, how important is gold to the Lord? You know, when, you, when you're, when you're uh, paving a, a driveway, or you, you, what's the cheapest stuff I could find, right? You, you're not going to go pave it with, with titanium or platinum or anything. It's like, no way. You're gonna, what, what, how much does concrete cost? It's cheap. Okay, let's do that, right? How much asphalt? It's even cheaper. Oh, let's do that. How about just gravel? We don't wanna, that's really cheap, right? How about we just do nothing, just drive all the grass enough till we kill it? No, that's the best way right there. That's cheap, right? That's super cheap. Uh, and th- that's, that's, that's our thinking. The Lord's like, ah, just use gold. We'll just use gold. It'd be fine. Amen? Uh, and so, now, you know, you, you have to get your mind renewed because uh, if money is a thing, see, what, what, what happens is greedy people, they're, they're always uh, greedy and stingy people. Money's always top of their mind. First thing you think about is how do I keep what I got and how do I get more to keep it? Uh, they're greedy and they're stingy. I'm going, how do I give it, you know, what can I give it away? Yeah. Who, who needs it? Yeah. Amen? Uh, you know, just in, in our giving, we, we have seen the Lord bless us so much over the years where, you know, I remember uh, when, when I got saved, I was, I was uh, you know, I just, they said, they told me at the church when I got saved at 15 years old, you should give. And I just assumed, okay, well, then they write, you know. Of course, and we, I know now the word says that, right? Given shall be given unto you. But they just said, okay, I'll just, I'll just give. And, and, and I remember... Uh, I, somehow I found out about this because my roommate was talking to somebody that I knew 
he didn't tell me this, but he was talking, and they, they told me, right? So I guess it's gossip, I don't know. But, uh, but he said, you know, your roommate sees you giving. And I wasn't trying to show him my giving. Uh, he said, he's seen you just give your last $20 out of your billfold. And I remember when $20 was a lot of money, you know, because when I was in school, uh, I, I, got, I was on uh, Pell Grant, and I got uh, $300 a quarter, so we are on quarters then, for my Pell Grant. And that was my budget. Uh, and so I'd go cash my Pell Grant check. I would get three $100 bills, and, and I would use one $100 bill per month. And when that $100 bill was gone, I didn't spend anything else. I waited till the next month to spend the next $100, and that's how I got through school. Uh, and, and, but it, but if, if I needed to give that money away, I'd just give it away, right? Just give it away. And uh, it was never, I never grasped the hold of it, right? This is mine. I've got to protect it. Uh, now, I was careful with my finances, but uh, I would always give, and I can't tell you how many supernatural things the Lord uh, blessed me uh, even during school when I was on my own, right? It wasn't working, uh, and I didn't want to work. I had to focus on school. Uh, and so uh, the, the Lord took care of those things. But we've seen our giving, when, you know, I remember when $20 was a lot. I remember when $100 was a lot. I remember when $1,000 was a lot. You know, now, you know, our, our, our goal is to get to where, you know, we can write a check for $10,000 and not even think about it, you know. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but, but see, I could do that. And, and I could, I, you mean you write a check for something? Oh, yeah. If the Lord says do it, I'd do, I'd do it. You know, I've written checks like that, but it's not a normal thing yet. Uh, but but uh, we'll get there. Amen. Uh, and, and so, and that's not the, you know, that's, I don't care, you know, I mean, it's just a thing, amen. So, so Jesus does shift gears here a little bit uh, in, um, uh, in his dissertation after he talks about making sure that you have singleness of heart. Focus on the Lord, uh, keep him as your priority in your life, everything else will work out. Uh, now, it's not just, you know, you just do nothing, but you have to, you have to do your part. But I wanted to read uh, these verses here, because the rest of the chapter from 25 to 34, verses 25 to verse 34, Jesus uh, shifts gears and talks about another topic here. Uh, and so I want to read these verses, and as I'm reading, I'm point out just one or two things here, and then we'll go back and, and we'll have some discussion about them as well. And so he says uh, here in verse 25, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. So that phrase, take no thought. So as we're going through these, let's count how many times Jesus says, take no thought. Take no thought for your life. So how many times is this so far? Did you say two? We're only on one. You know, we're, we're in big trouble if we, we, we can't, get, can't get right off the bat here. We're on, we're on one. Amen? It's 18 times. We're just on one. It's the first time, right? Very first verse. Therefore, take no thought for your life. So one time. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold, the fowls are there, for they sow not, neither do they reap, uh, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? That kind of goes back to what we talked about. Uh, aren't we better than the, than the fowls of the air? We're equal to the animal kingdom. We are not equal to, we are above. We are much better than the animal kingdom. Isn't that what Jesus said? We are much better than the animal kingdom. Uh, and so... Uh, which of you, by taking thought, well, how many is that? We're at two now, right? Taking thought can add one cubic unto a stature. And why, why take you thought, how many is that? Three. Three for raiment. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, 
It sounds like a very wasteful God there. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? That encourages us right there, right? Uh, therefore, take no thought. Well, where are we at now? Uh, it's, uh, four? Yeah, four. <laughs> this is higher math right here, right? Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought. So what is that? We're at five. For the morrow, for the morrow or tomorrow, shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So in these verses, how many times does the Lord repeat, take no thought? Five times, right? So what do you, what do you think he's trying to tell us? Take no thought, right? I know it's kind of, again, a Captain Obvious statement, but, but if Jesus repeats something five times, how important is that for us to do that? It's got to be very important, but also it, it also emphasizes that this is a, an area that is important to the church. It's an area that's important for us that is, is a big problem. If it's a big problem, then the Lord Jesus is going to spend some big amount of time to explain to us uh, that this is an issue. And so if he, if he, if he spends, a, this is, you know, He's, he was in, in the natural realm here, so he only has a certain amount of time on the earth. He was only on the earth for three and a half years, and so every second of his time on the earth was precious. And yet he spent this much time telling us five different times in one conversation that this is really important. Take no thought. Uh, and yet uh, uh, that's a big area of problem in the church. Amen? Uh, and so uh, back up to verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought, uh, and then he goes on to what things we shouldn't take our thought, take thought for. But uh, the whole phrase itself, take no thought, that implies that it's your choice. You are taking something, right? I can give you something, but, but unless you take it, it's not going to be yours. So, you know, the, the world can give you thoughts. Circumstances can give you thoughts. The enemy can give you thoughts. Your belly can give you thoughts. Feed me now. Uh, and, and it's up to you to, to take that thought. Oh, I'm starving, right? You kids coming, I'm starving, right? You were literally not starving, right? It's been like minutes since I ate last. Uh, I mean, it's been like 30 minutes since I ate last. I'm starving. Uh, well, what did they do? They took a thought, right? The thought, their belly was hungry, and they took a, I must be starving. And so they took that thought. And then uh, uh, a lot of times when we take that thought, it becomes just as real as anything else around us. It may not even be real. Are they really starving? They're not really starving. But in their mind, they're starving. So you see, when you take the thought, that thought can be so, become so real that as far as you're concerned, it is real. And so the, the whole point of thought life, and we've talked a lot around here about thought, uh, thought life, uh, and it's, uh, Peter calls it warring against your soul. That's in your thought life, amen? And, and a Christians should have, uh, we should be the people with the most sound mind of all the people groups of the world. We should have clear minds, sober minds, sound minds, uh, and just be stable and, and uh, happy all the time. We have the right to do that. Because Jesus said, take no thought. If he said that five different times, then that means we have a choice. Well, you can't help what you think about. Jesus said you could. Take no thought. You can choose to think about that. You can choose not to think about that. Well, you can't do that. Jesus said you could. He didn't say take no thought. Uh, Unless you can't. I mean, then if you can't, then, then, sorry, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck, right? Did, did he, is there any out for, the, for when Jesus was telling us these things? There's no, there's no footnote that says, 
take no thought as best you can. You know, sometimes you, it's just so overwhelming. You know, you can't, you, you can't just not take thought. Sometimes I understand that because, you know, we all live in a real world. And, no, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you can take no thought. So, so if, you, if you've got problems in your thought life, wh- where is the issue? It's that guy's fault. It's not that guy's fault. Whose fault is it if you have problems in your, in your mind? It's your fault. Now, that guy may have instigated it, but it's still your thought. Well, you know, I, I've told you I've had people tell me the most unkind things as a pastor. You know, it sometimes amazes me that, that a human being could say those words to another human being. You're the worst pastor ever. That, you know, that's really unkind to say that. You're a terrible teacher. They, said, they have said those words. You, they've said those words to my face. You're a terrible teacher. <laughs> uh, you're, a, you're a terrible human being. I mean, you know, I mean, we want to, you know, go tit for tat there, but, but, uh, 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 but see, <clears throat> what if I took that thought? I'd have no confidence as a pastor. I'd have no, maybe everybody thinks I'm a terrible teacher. Maybe, maybe I'm really not a good teacher. You ever, you ever taken a thought somebody says, and then, and then it gets, starts bigger and bigger? You know, it's like a, like a, uh, like a yeast roll, right? It keeps, it's growing, right? In your mind, it gets bigger and bigger and it's all-consuming. It takes up all the space in your mind and your thought life because of what one thing one somebody said. Well, they said those things and, I, and I, I can't quit thinking about it. Yes, you can. That is not a true statement. So, so if you want to live this way, number one is you've got to start being honest. When you say, I can't help it, that's not an honest statement. The honest statement is, I don't want to quit thinking about it. Okay, that's fair. It's stupid, but it's fair, right? I mean, at least it's honest, amen? But it's not, it's not an accurate statement to say, I can't help thinking about that. It's not true. People go through trauma, difficult times. There are terrible things that happen to people, amen? Terrible, terrible events that have happened to people's lives. But what do they do? That's all they think about. Well, when did that happen? 87 years ago. Well, I mean, it's tragic, but it, you know, it happened a long time ago, Amen. Now, and, and uh, you know, you know my story a little bit. We're not going to go through all of it. But I was an orphan at 15 years old. You know, how, you know how much time I spend thinking about that I was an orphan? Like zero. I never think, except that it's cool, right? You know, I mean, that's kind of, oh, you're an orphan. Oh, I still feel so sorry. You know, because you can work it. I mean, you're an orphan. You can get all scholarships. You get the grant money. They give you, you know, you're, you're an orphan and you're smart. Oh, we'll just double up on it. We'll give you all those things, right? Uh, and so, you know, you can work the thing, but... But, but it doesn't, I don't sit at home crying, you know, I don't have a mom and daddy. Because I would be taking thought. Uh, and and I, I mean, I, I, would, I would rather than be here, right? It, to me, it's just odd that I've been married for, for almost 34 years now. Uh, yeah, almost 34 years. <laughs> do, do, do the math real quick. Uh, and my wife has never met my parents, right? She never, she, I mean, she, they, were, they were gone before we ever met. Uh, and so, you know, it'd be nice for them to her to know them, right? Uh, but she never, but I take no thought about it. Because people, they'll, I mean, even at, at someone at my age, they would still, uh, if they're not careful, they would take thought that they're an orphan. They got nobody to turn to. That's not true. Didn't we read this morning that he would lead me in, uh, a, a, and guide me in all truth? Well, that's way better than a natural father anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, thankful, we're thankful for natural fathers for the wisdom that they can, they can uh, invest into our lives. But, I mean, they might make a mistake. I've never made one, but, you know, the other fathers may make a mistake. Uh, and so uh, there's no, the, Lord's, the Lord's never going to make a mistake. Amen. Uh, and so, so take no thought. Five times the Lord Jesus said that take no thought. Amen. 
But then what's, what's he focused on there in verse 25? Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Uh, and so what, what realm are the things that he's talking about here? He's talking about natural things, right? We only need to only focus on spiritual things. Jesus said that the natural things are important too. In fact, he said they're so important that a lot of times people will spend energy worrying about these things. He doesn't say, he never, he never says, take no thought about your eternal salvation. But that's kind of the most important thing in your life. And so really what he's t- trying to get us here is get our priorities straight. Remember, he's singleness of heart. See if you're singleness of heart, because at the end of this, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. So he's putting our priorities in order. Amen. But take no thought for these natural things. And yet, uh, how many people worry on natural things? So when he says take no thought, that's talking about worrying, right? So, so worrying is, you know, worrying is when you're thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. Amen? And that's all you can think. And that thing becomes bigger and bigger in your life. And, uh, and if so, if you're, if you're thinking about that thing more than once, you're probably worrying about it. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about, uh, at the end of this discussion, we'll talk about well, how do I get out of this? Because some people are world-class worriers. All they do is take thoughts about everything. What about my cat? What about my dog? You know, what about, what about the kids? What about, you know, what about the air and the tire? What about, what about the grass? You know, what about, you know, what about the weather? What about the economy? Well, what about it? I mean, take no thought. Amen? Doesn't, it doesn't mean that you, that you ignore everything, but Jesus is talking about worrying about things. Amen? Because the whole context of what he's talking about is worrying about these things. Because he, he said, the Father knows you, you need these things. Well, I'm worrying about it. I'm worrying. What if I don't get them? Well, then the Lord failed his job. Amen. I mean, he's not doing his job. But he said, take no thought. And so uh, these are just, just natural things. Amen. They're not all that spiritual. Uh, and yet, uh, does he say that these things are unimportant, that these things are not things that you should pursue? He doesn't say that because uh, he, he, the, the whole uh, context of what he's saying here is, it's perfectly fine for you to have all these things, right? Because some people go, you shouldn't have all these things. Jesus said, perfectly, he said, the Father knows you have need of these things. So it's perfectly fine to have these things, amen? So is, is that an all-encompassing list? When he said, take no thought uh, uh, about uh, what you shall eat, drink, and, and clothes? Is that all you can think about is eat and drink and your clothes? You can't think about a job. That's not on the list. You know, people get so, so uh, tunnel vision when they read the word of God. Well, he only said those three things, so that's all he's talking about. Really? So, you know, if you own, if you own a thrift store and you don't never have to worry about clothes again, then, then, uh, then you're good on that one and, and there's nothing else for you to be concerned about in your life. It's just, it, he's not limiting to these things. He's talking about natural things, things that you need in this life to care for your life, now, whatever they may be. And of course, at this point in time, you know, in their culture, these were kind of important things. You know, there wasn't a lot of other things to deal with in, in their culture, and so that's fine. Um, and, and so, well, we should go back to that simple life. That's fine. You go, you go live on a rock. You know, I don't care. You know, whatever you want to do. Um, but, but he's not trying to limit us to these things. Amen. Uh, in fact, uh, let, let's turn over. We're in, in chapter 7. Uh, and also in the book of Matthew, turn over to chapter 13. <clears throat> chapter 13 is... Um, the parable of the soils, right? The four kinds of soils there. We're just going to look at one of them in particular. Uh, here in verse uh, uh, 22, he says, he that receiveth seed. So when he talked about seed, 
uh, he, he's explaining to us what does this mean. Because he, uh, he said earlier that the, there are those who receive seed among the thorns. And so now he's explaining to us what that means. He that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. So when he says the word, what's he talking about? Talking about the word of God, right? The Bible. When you hear verses in the Bible that says these things will take care of you, God will take care of you, uh, you know, take no thought. Uh, they, they hear the word, right? It, it, it's he that heareth the word and the care of this world. And also the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. We want to focus just on the care of the world because that goes along with what he said in chapter 6 there. Care of the world. Thoughts and, and desires about things of this world. Uh, he said, when you take that care upon you, he said, it'll choke the word out. Why? Because the word says everything belongs to you. The word says God will provide all that you have. The word says that my God shall supply all your need according to or measured by his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, the word says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The word of God says a lot of things about things like that. And so, so if you're reading the word, when the Lord says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, then, then I'm good. Uh, when I'm reading the word and the Lord says, but my God shall supply all my need, not part of my need, not some of my need, all of my need, according to or measured by his riches and glory, not according to what the current economy is, what my salary is, what my background is, what my parents' name is, according to his riches and glory. See, I like that because when, you, when, when that's the comparison, when, when the measurement is he will supply your need according to what he has in glory, well, what's he got in glory? You reckon he's got enough in glory to take care of your, well, Lord, I, I got this light bill coming up. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm broke. I got nothing. I, you know, Gabriel, we got, can we sell something? Well, I mean, we're, we're, they need $100 for the light bill. Uh, we, we're broke, but maybe go, go to the, sell something out of the ark. There's some stuff gold, made in gold. Go get some of the, open up the ark, you know, pull out like Abraham or uh, uh, Aaron's, you know, uh, rod and go sell that. You know, you put that on eBay. You just how much money you get on eBay, right, for that. And then we'll, we can, the Lord's not broke, right? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, well, it's only needs. Well, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want. Want. I mean, people get so, again, tunnel vision. It's only things that you need to live and to exist. Without it, you would die. Really? Uh, that's just so, so close-minded, right? So just read the Bible, amen? Because if you read the Word, see, the Word of God is expansive. The Word of God says, I would desire to bless you coming in and bless you going out. Bless you in a city, bless you in a country. Uh, bless everything that you lay your hands to, I desire to, to prosper you in those things. Yes. That's what the Word of God says. Yes. The more you read the Word of God, the more you realize the Lord's got nothing, nothing against His people being prosperous. Nothing at all. Uh, and so what happens is, is the Word of God is there. We know that He desires to bless us coming in, bless us going out in the city, in the country, everything we lay our hands to, that He supply all in need according to His riches glory by Christ Jesus. He's my shepherd, I shall not want. We read all those things, but then that light bill comes. And we got no money to cover that light bill. Well, I know it says that. Yeah, but that light bill. Yeah, but that light bill. And that light bill gets so big and so big, that word that you read there is choked off. It's essentially gone. It's choked out of your life. Isn't that what he said? It's exactly what Jesus said. You said back in verse 22, He that receiveth seed among you is he that heareth the word. So they heard the word. And the care of this world. 
the light bills and the grocery bills and the rent bills and the, and the car payments and the TV payments and whatever it is, uh, those things choke the word and you become unfruitful. So, so that word bears no fruit in your life because he said that this seed, the word of God is a seed, it will bear fruit in your life. So when you, when you get that seed in you, well, the Lord will take care of it. That, that's, that, well, how are you going to take it? I don't know. The Lord will take care of it. He said he would. I, now, are we supposed to just do nothing? We'll, we'll see how we're not, we're not supposed to sit around and do nothing. But uh, the word of God should bear fruit in our life. Well, yeah, this thing's coming up there. We don't know how to pay for it. We'll just we'll figure it out. Amen? We'll just, the, Lord will, the, the Lord will show us. And I can't tell you how many times the Lord has just pulled us through. Amen? Just, well, we need, Lord, we need a lot of money here. And, and um, you know, you check your heart. Lord, have I been out of, out of the will of God or anything? Make sure you're not just, you know, doing things that are unwise or things that are out of, out of his will and plan. But sometimes, you know, you say, well, Lord, we gotta, we've got to figure this out. And so instead of worrying about it, we go back to the word. Well, Lord, you said right here that, that um, uh, you supply, you'll supply all my need. So then, 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 then I'm, I'm going to believe that you're going to do that. Amen. And see, then, then instead of focusing on the need, we focus on the word. Uh, so again, remember what, what Jesus said, singleness of eye, right? Singleness of heart. What are you focused on? See, if you focus on the word, you're good. If you focus on the thing, on the, on the worry, the care of the world, then that word will shrivel up and die out of your life. Well, it doesn't work for me. It's because you've taken a thought. All you do is th- think about what, what things don't work for you. Right. Instead of trying to figure out why, why they're not working or, Lord, how do I get it to work? Well, it just doesn't work, and, you just, and, and it, will, it will choke it out of your life, and it will be unfruitful. And as far as you're concerned, yeah, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't ever produce any fruit in my life. Well, then you're tell off, telling off on yourself because the Word of God is a seed. It has to be planted, has to be watered, has to be cared for. Amen? You're the soil. And so uh, he talked about the soils, right? If it's bad soil, you know, it's just not going to produce fruit, amen? So the only issue is the soil. And that's the only part that you have. To, that, that's the only responsibility you have because the seed, the rain, the, 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 the light all comes from God. You're, the, you're dirt, which is about right, right? You're just dirt. You're the soil. And if it's bad soil, right? I mean, when, when I lived in New Hampshire, uh, we are, that's kind of a, a glacier place in all the rich black soil, right? I mean, you just till it and just, you just look at it and seed grows. You come to Tennessee, it's all sticky red mud. And, and, and you know, you, you try to till up sticky red mud and, and yeah, you've tilled it up, but you just got a trench because everything's stuck on your, on your tines of your, of your, uh, of, of your tiller. All you've done is just drug a big trench in your, because it's so sticky, right? It gets on your shoes and yeah, uh, and so, but people manage to still grow things in Tennessee. They figure it, they figured it out, amen? Uh, and so, even if it's not great soil, people that know these things know how to get that soil to produce, amen? And so, even if you're not the most faith person in the world, uh, you can still get the Word of God to produce in your life, amen? amen. Uh, and so, back, back to chapter 6, and we're, of course, we're not going to get done today with, with this. Uh, we just barely got in verse 1 there, right? Or verse 25 there, the first verse of this discussion. Uh, so take no thought. So he's only uh, dealing with natural things here, the natural world. Because the natural world is, uh, you ever, ever worried about going to heaven? I mean, some people do because they get, you know, messed up in their brain. But for the most church people, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. You don't worry about it? No, why do I, you know. Anything else you take a thought about? Yeah, I, I don't have any bread, you know. I'm, I'm, I need some help. Um, 
Okay, fine, right? So, so all of these things that Jesus is talking about is just the natural world, the things that we need, of, need in this natural world. Does he ever say that you shouldn't uh, need these things? He never says you shouldn't need these things. He says you shouldn't worry about these things. So there's a difference. There's nothing wrong with needing these things or desiring these things or, or uh, using these things in your life at all. Jesus never, never one time says that you're, that you're wrong for desiring these things. You're wrong for desiring a car that doesn't explode every time you start the engine, right? My, my uh, college car was, was a Mustang, and uh, it needed, uh, I threw a rod one time, and so this guy said he was a mechanic, which he lied, and he replaced the engine. And from that point on, you know, I would have to drive around with a case of, of oil in my trunk. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd go from point A to point B, and I'd put a quart of oil in it, right? Uh, I put more quarts of oil in it, I put in gallons of gas. I'm, uh, and, and people are like, well, uh, well, where are you going? Well, just follow me. Just follow a little uh, 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 oil streak, and that's where, that's where I'm going, right? Just, that's, I'm headed that way. And, uh, and so, but it made it, right? It, it uh, literally died the, the week after I graduated, uh, but then I had a job, and so I could go buy a better car, right? And so the, the Lord did provide that uh, through all those times. Uh, but it's nice. It was nicer having a car that I didn't have to carry a case of oil, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, and uh, uh, it, had, it had electrical problems because the guy didn't wire it up again either correctly. I thought, I need, I need to put up some meters on there. So you can, go, you can go get those amp meters, right? You put an amp meter in there and figure out what, how much, uh, how much uh, current that your car is uh, pulling. Uh, and it went from zero to 60 amps, right? Uh, and I'd turn on the car and they'd go, it just pegs 60 amps, which is an, an insane amount of current, right? I mean, uh, and, of course, I didn't know much about uh, electricity back then. And uh, when I finally fixed it, I, I took, took all those gauges out and opened, turned around. They were all melted on the back, right? Just the, the meters themselves are melted on the back from all that current. I mean, at 60, that's like an explosion. It's super dangerous, right? I mean, I didn't realize how dangerous it was, but that's a lot of current. Uh, and so, and in that, you know, I, I was, uh, I think I've told this testimony before, but I, I, how do you fix that? Right? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. And electrical problems are like the worst in a car. You know, I mean, if it's a battery, you can fix a battery, right? If, but if it's, you know, if it's a, not, not pumping fuel, you can replace it. But how do you fix electrical problems? You know, I don't know. There's, there's like miles and miles of wire in a single vehicle. Well, how do you fix that? So I don't know. I'm in, I'm in class one day. And, you know, the thought of these things were, you know, I'm on my own. I don't have parents that just call up and say, hey, Dad, can you send a new car? Uh, I didn't have that option. Uh, and so... You know, the, the, uh, I, I, had the, I had the opportunity to take care for it, but I just cast that care on the Lord. The well, Lord, you're going to have to figure it out. Uh, and so I'm in class one day. Just, it, just, it was in a lecture, a lecture class in, in engineering school. And I, I'm a mechanical engineer, right? Mo- if it moves, I can do something with it. But if it's electrical, that's like, you know, voodoo stuff, right? I mean, I don't know these things. And so, but I'm sitting in their class. And right in the middle of the class, the Lord gave me revelation. Here's how to fix, how to fix your car. And so, so I just went down and bought a, a roll of wire at Walmart and some wire snips and some things. And, and, I, and I'm like, wow, well, all these charging, I don't know where these wires go to or what they're for. I bap- bypassed the entire charging system of the vehicle and rewired it uh, and from the alternator to the battery. And, and, uh, and, and it, was a, it was literally a miracle. It worked. Like first, first time I started the car, it worked fine from that point until I, I graduated. And, and if you held a gun to my head, I don't know if I could do it today. It just, I mean, just, it was a revelation at that moment in time that was valuable, helpful, rewired the whole thing, and, and it survived until, and, and nothing exploded. So, so it, was, it was a blessing. 
And so, you know, instead of, instead of taking care or taking thought for it, well, Lord, you've got to help me do this. I, I have no options. I have nobody to call, right? I don't have, you know, because the mechanic that did that was, you know, I'm not taking it back to him. That's the last thing. Yeah, I'll fix it. Yeah, I bet you'll fix it, right? Uh, and, and, and so, you know, sometimes you've you got to move on from people, right? I mean, especially when they lie. Oh, yeah, I'm a great mechanic. Have you ever done anything? Well, you know, and so, uh, so take no thought, amen? Take no thought. See, I, I know a little bit about that because when, when you're on your own as an orphan, right? I know you just, you know, play the, play the violin right now, right? But um, uh, when you, you kind of have to learn, you kind of have to learn how to, to do this by faith, amen? Now, you don't have to. You could just worry about it and, and, just, and just suffer, but, but I chose to not worry about it and find the path of faith because I had to. You know, and so you don't, you, know, you don't have to be an orphan to learn this, but, but you, know, you can learn from, from, from my experience instead of, and, well, I've got to go get rid of my parents so I can learn these things. No, you, that's not. You, you can learn it without living the same experience that I had. Amen. That's the value of, of our individual lives is, is, well, if it worked for you, then it'll work for me. Amen. I don't have to be in the same natural circumstances for it to work for me. I can still have parents and still learn to work by, if you learn to, how to live by faith, then I can learn how to live by faith. See, that, that's the value of that, amen? Uh, and so, so these are just natural things. He had just as much uh, 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 concern or care about my vehicle when I was in college as he does about the clothes and the food. I never was concerned about food, never concerned about clothes or anything like that. I mean, especially as a guy, you just wear the same socks all through college. It doesn't matter, right? And so you don't have to, don't have to change them. Just wear them all the time, right? Nobody's going to, you know, you're an orphan. you got no parents. Say, hey, you know, change your socks, right? No, you can wear them all the time. Nobody cares, right? Well, people cared, but they wouldn't say anything. And so, um, but we'll pick this up next week and look at some more about it because uh, Jesus spends a lot of time here about not worrying. Why, does he, why do you think he spends so much time telling us not to worry? It's a big issue in the church. Amen. Anything the Lord spends a lot of time on is a big issue in the church. Uh, has anything changed? Nothing's changed. You know, there are world-class warriors in the church. Amen. People with PhD in worry. Uh, they're, they're skilled at worrying. Amen. Uh, and, 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 of course, we know it's not healthy to do that. Doctors will tell you that, you know, especially in our society, the number one killer is, is stress, which is just worry about today, right? Worry about tomorrow. Uh, and so Jesus has a lot to say about it. And they're good things. If we can live this way, it's a wonderful way to live. Uh, you don't worry about anything? No, I don't worry about anything. No, I'm not going to worry about anything. I mean, what about that? No, don't worry about that. What about that? No, I'm not going to worry about that either, you know? Uh, and so are there things that you're dealing with? Sure, there's always things to deal with. But we'll, we'll find out, well, how do you deal with those things then? How do you not, how do you not live with worry? How can you live? Uh, because what we'll find, you know, it's just uh, uh, not to uh, mess up your whole week, but worry is a sin. And so we'll talk about why it's a sin, right? Well, you, you can't just leave me that way. I'm going to leave you that way right there. Just, just you're going to noodle on, I'm worried, I'm sin. It's 100% of a sin, amen? It's the same sin as just doing it, cheating on your taxes or your wife or, you know, stealing uh, food from your dog, whatever it is. It's all sin, right? Uh, and so, uh, well, we don't, we, don't, we don't want to live in sin, do we? If Jesus said, don't do it, and you do it, what Jesus said, don't do it, and you do it, what is that? Well, that's a sin, right? Uh, you know, keep my commandments. Well, I can't not do that. Well, then tell the Lord, see how well that goes for you, right? Uh, Lord, I prefer to live this way. That would not, I would encourage you, you know, before you say those things, think long and hard about saying those words, amen? 
it won't be to your advantage. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, if you told us to take no thought, then we have the capacity to take no thought. We have the ability to take no thought. We have the, the privilege and the right given to us from heaven that we can live without taking thoughts of worry, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. That's good news for us. That, that's precious news for us, Father. We thank you, Father, that we can live this way. And so, Father, we, we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's uh, tithes and offerings. Uh, you know, I have noticed that, uh, you ever notice some people, they just, they just seem like they came out of the womb, like, ah, I don't care. You ever know people like that? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, there are people who are just that way. They're just, you know, it's not that they're people of great faith. They just, nah, I don't care. It's fine. It'll, be, it'll work out. And then other people, you know, it's like everything. It's like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Are we going to make it? You're just eating lunch. I don't know if we're going to make it or not, though. You know, I might get a, a bone or st- stuck in my throat and die, right? Wow. I mean, really? It's just a, you know. Uh, and so you know, some people, just same exact events, same exact circumstances. One person, eh, you know, the other person's like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, your faith walk is a lot of times is just kind of how you're turned and, you know, you're, uh, you know, for some people, uh, things of faith in one area of your life are really easy. And other people, they have to work at it. And then in other areas, it's the other way around, right? Oh, yeah, it's the easiest thing. Walking love, yeah, no problem. I don't, I, I'm not anybody. Oh, I hate everyone. Well, you know, then, then, you know, for that person, they got, you know, then they got some work to do, amen? And so sometimes it's, you know, where are you at? Where is your spiritual life? Where is your walk of God, amen? But I would encourage you, whatever you do, do it by faith. And so if you're not worrying, uh, 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 come ahead, Mr. Dear, receive their offering. If you're not worrying because you just don't care, right? I mean, in the sense that, you know, it don't matter if you lose everything tomorrow and you're on the street, you know, I don't care. Uh, you know, some people have a non-caring attitude, which is not the same as walking by faith. Amen. Walking by faith is you can be successful where you're at. Some people will be complete failures and don't care in their life. Well, that's not really what the Lord is talking about, is, to, is be on, uh, being okay with failure uh, and just uh, and failure in a sense of these natural things, right? Uh, and so, uh, it's uh, uh, find out where you are in your life, amen? Uh, and, uh, you know, for me, I desire to be successful in whatever I do, uh, measured by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, amen? I want to be successful in these things and, and not just, well, it don't matter. Uh, I mean, in one sense, it doesn't matter because Jesus would take no thought for it, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to live a life that is uh, helpful to those around you. And if you're a complete failure in everything in your life because you don't care and it don't matter, you know, then, you know, you get your car repossessed, you get your dog repossessed, you get your kidney repossessed, you know, it don't matter. Well, you know, then, then you can't really help anybody. Amen? Uh, and so, so I'm not talking about in living like where, you know, all those, well, you know, you shouldn't have anything. Well, then you can't help anybody. Amen? I want things to help people. I want finances so I can have the ability to help people. I want to be successful in those things and not worry about any of them. Amen? Uh, and so, so we've got to find that balance from the Word of God. The Word of God has plenty to tell, talk to us about these things. And so let's find out what the Word of God says and live that way. I would much rather live that way. Amen? Uh, where you can have these things. Jesus said you can have these things and not have to worry about them. Amen? Uh, and so praise God. We'll be blessed. Don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. And uh, you're dismissed.